Hi, this is Nancy Arvizu, and you're listening to Write, Speak, Play. In this episode of Write, Speak, Play, I'm talking with Susan Burley, our master gardener in the Garden of Nero. And if you don't know what the Garden of Nero is, I've provided a link in the show notes. It's a place for women to come together and share ideas in order to grow into the person we're meant to become. That's a short way of putting it. I hope you'll check it out. On this episode, Susan and I talk about sharing what we've learned. And sometimes we think that sharing something with someone might not go over well. They might not be interested. They might think we're a little weird for liking what we like. But if you share a little bit with it and they might not be interested, maybe someone else will come share something too. We also talk about caring for people. We touch a little bit on the book we're reading, Flying Lead Change by Kelly Wendorf. And we also talk a little bit about serendipity. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode of Write, Speak, Play with Susan Brearley from the Garden of Nero. Okay, start talking about when we yes, share. That's a, good, that's a good question. The question of, um, the question of why should I share anything with someone who I know isn't going to care or know or read or listen or like, I just know that about them. It's a great question. So I wrote an article about that on Medium and um, it was, I think I, I made the point about this actually in my story called, and um, I think it was the story called, I Survived the Cancer They Said Would Kill Me. I think that's the title. I don't remember exactly. Um, and I talk about my cancer journey that happened in 95 when they said, you know, you, you have six months to a year to live. And I had everything to live for because my son was nine months old. And I basically looked at the doctors and said, you don't get to tell me that. And I stopped telling that story at some point because I got tired of, I just got tired of telling it, but I also thought, well, I don't want to be defined by this. I don't want to be defined by that story. Oh, I am a cancer survivor and that's all I am. Not that that isn't big, it, it's huge, right? But I didn't want to be known for that because I didn't want people to, um, you know, people following you, you know, it's such a weird thing. I, it's, I didn't want my relationships built on some, foundation that included feeling sorry for me because or because I had cancer or based on the fact that oh my gosh you're this amazing champion because look what you did and you defeated cancer and you went against the medical thing despite all odds I didn't want those things to be the defining 
moments of my life, I didn't want those to be the only thing about me because we are all multifaceted. We are all multidimensional. We are all so rich and deep in who we are in our human experience. And I didn't want to be defined by just this one thing. It's like if you think about Taylor Swift, you know, she's defined by one thing being this, you know, pop music star. I'm sure she's got more depth than that. I, I can't imagine that she doesn't. And I, I think that's true for every celebrity. But in that story that I wrote, I, I talked about that and how I kind of was waffling about telling the story. And someone said to me in one of my um, big presentations that I had done down in Florida, he came up to me and said, tell your story. And it was like this huge directive. And I almost in a way that, you know, you haven't been telling your story, so tell your story. And it really gave me pause and made me think about how I was telling my story and to whom I thought I was telling the story. And what I mentioned in the Medium article and what I, what I recognize now is that we don't tell our stories for ourselves. We, we always tell our stories for someone else, for it to land with someone else. Because someone will get something out of it. And it doesn't matter. If I stand up in front of a room of 100 people and do a presentation and tell my story, if 50% or 75% of the audience, if their eyes glaze over, it doesn't matter. Well, it might matter that I, I might need to get better presentation skills, but, but it doesn't matter in terms of the content of the story because if it lands for 25% or if it lands for someone, it's there to land for someone to open their window, to, uh, uh, to have a different perspective, to learn something, to get something out of it. So we share our stories not because we like to hear ourselves talk, not because, right, not because you, and, and even though we might like to hear ourselves talk, but that's not the purpose. And I might love writing, which I do, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is that when we do the sharing of the thing, it connects us in a way that we get a bigger, broader perspective and a bigger, better understanding of our fellow humans. And that's why we share. That's why we share the stories. And that's why it's important to listen to the stories because there might be something there for me. Here comes this story, here comes this thing. And just because, just because we think you are not going to pay any attention to it doesn't mean we shouldn't still tell the story even to the person who we think isn't going to listen or isn't ready to listen because this is how it works and this is how it works with children too so i love this part when you're a mom moms know this and 
they but they learn it through experience you only learn it through being having the mom experience but you you can learn it not having children too you can be surrounded by you know adult children and it still works this way it works this way no matter what because there are a lot of adult children in the world it's a lot of them if i say something new and you hear this new thing for the first time in your life you go oh, aha oh my god that's like, what are you spewing? What are you saying? That is pure insanity. I never heard anything like that before. You must be the crazy one. <laughs> you, you must be the one who's got a problem because I've never heard anything like that before. But that's what little children do too. That's what we all do when we hear something. So humans do when we hear something new, something novel. Our brain goes, new thing not in the bank of patterns i've ever heard or seen or felt before gotta be something from another planet i don't know where that's coming from. but it may not be in our circles it may not be new to the people who travel in our circles it's just new to the person hearing it and so so I say the thing to that person and then I go away. And then somewhere in their travels, they hear that same thing again from someone else. And their brain goes, I've heard that before. And then somewhere else in their travels, they hear it again from somebody else. And now their brain goes, holy cow, that, that, the, it's like the universe is knocking on the door. Like, pick up the phone like the joe campbell video like pick up the phone like here it is it keeps coming up and then they hear it again and again and pretty soon they pick up the phone they listen to it and they say aha oh it makes sense now and now all of a sudden they can adopt that thing they can incorporate it into their being and they can say i knew it all the time and we've tend to want to feel a little frustrated because we're the ones who planted the first seed and we were trying to water it. But remember, it takes more than one rainfall to sprout a sprout. It takes more than one rainfall to grow a garden. So, so we can't just be frustrated when, when we plant that first seed and we walk away. We can't. We have to just keep telling our story to everybody who wants to listen and, and doesn't want to listen. Because even if you think they're not listening, their brain is listening. You're just planting seeds and watering seeds and moving on and planting seeds and watering seeds and moving on. And they will eventually get it. Unless they get to the end of the, their life and they don't. And that's sad. And that's sad. But at least you did what you you did what you meant, were meant to do. You, you fulfilled your purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important part. So it's about the purpose. It's not about the story or the telling of the story or who's gonna get it or who isn't gonna get it, right? It's about the purpose of just getting it out there. And planting that seed. Right, and planting the seeds. And once you get that at a very, you know, once you really get that, it gives you the freedom to just be able to say and share freely and openly, regardless 
of what the reaction is of the person around you. Because honestly, the, the reaction of the people around you, it's their reaction. It's theirs. It's not yours. You don't have to internalize their reaction. You just roll, you just roll with it. That's their reaction and you just move on and have a great day. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, it's, that's a great question. I, I love I, it. Well, I wrote another question where you were talking, um, you know, why is change so, so hard? But then you went on to explain it because change doesn't happen unless it's, you know, life altering, someone dies, you know, that kind of change is instantaneously forever different. But when it's those little, you know, drops of wisdom that you hear, you know, I call them drops of Jupiter that you hear along the way and you're not open to it. And I get a lot of that. Oh my God, you're talking crazy talk. Stop talking to me because I say crazy things or people think they're crazy things until they start hearing them again and again and again. So now I see that change is not, it can't always be that instant. Sometimes it requires those little signs from the universe preparing us for this change to come maybe so that at first it was crazy talk and now here we are doing it. <laughs> yeah, and we should probably be more conscious about using the word crazy because it kind of feeds the whole mental illness stigma and mental illness is a real thing. I don't so. want, yeah, and definitely don't wanna, I don't, I, you're right, we absolutely need to uh, define what we're doing, you know, when we're sharing, like I said, drops of Jupiter with people I like the drops of Jupiter. And I also call that, you know, especially when I talk to people like you, that's why I always want to record our conversations because there's, it never fails at some, especially as you start getting into where you're more comfortable and you're, you know, able to share a lot more of those, it starts raining. It's not just sprinkling. So yeah, so I love these it. are these are like yes, absolutely uh, yes. It's yes, raining, thunderstorms sometimes, not just yeah. sprinkling on the little seeds. But the you know the the finding Joe about this now here's a drop of Jupiter for you. I've had this um, thought sprinkled into my couple of past weeks about how it is always there. Whatever you know, we're trying to tap into our meditation. You and I had this conversation about meditation. I had a, a conversation with a friend who's an intuitive about how she gets into her space. And she knows that it doesn't matter when or where she wants to get into this space because whatever she's tapping into is always there waiting for her to tap into it. And we talked about it with meditation, how you can get, you have your band and you know how to get into that space now quicker. And it's always there. You know, it's yes. always there. It's always there. You know? And it's like, writer's block is such a it's it's a joke it's it's all it is is you saying i'm not able to tap into something that's always there yes so you know yes yeah you know so i've had that thought of it's always there you just got to be able to connect with it dropped into my head a couple of times and getting over you know thinking i'm not i'm not channeling it right i'm not getting the message right when yes. it's always there it's always there. It's always there. That, exactly. And I, and I love the way you described that because it is always there. And if we, it's like having a cup of tea, right? If I fill this up to the top with liquid, there's no more room for more liquid. So if I fill my cup up to the top with liquid saying, I can't, I won't, I, I, 
I, I like I'm stuck. I have writer's block. And so now I filled my cup with all those thoughts. There's no room for the drops of Jupiter to come in there because I just filled I just filled that whole cup up with my own sayings, my own quotes, if you will, right? My own quotes about drops of Jupiter, but they're not coming from Jupiter. They're coming from someplace else. <laughs> like I'm filling the cup with my own nonsensical, yeah. And meditation does really help with that. It really does help um, clear some of that out. Um, and it's a pra and that's why it's a practice. That's why we do it on a regular basis. I wanted to say something about, and I love that you're recording this. I hope you'll post the recording in the um, garden, because I like I I view these chats that we have, Nancy, because we have these chats. We've we've had these chats so frequently in the past year, and I really appreciate them. And I and I appreciate you for you know being there to 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 do them with me. Um, they're like fireside chats, aren't they? They're like yeah. cozy little, cozy little ahas <laughs> in the our aha, day. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to say. They're, they're, they're those moments of these light bulbs going off. And it, it's, it, you know, I take all my notes because, you know, us in our journaling. Um, <laughs> and when I'm able to go back through them, it's like, oh my God, there it is again. You know, there it is again you know, put it into something that I can now explain to somebody else using it in my writing or in my speaking or whatever I'm doing. So yeah, it's, this has been a great year. <laughs> yeah, it has been a great year. So I wanted to say something because I thought this might help be helpful too okay. about rain in the garden. So <clears throat> Catalina's got a really, there's a really good um, acronym rain stands for something in the field of meditation. Um, I'll just I'll just read that to you and then um, and then I, I'll tell you what the metaphor for rain I have so um, journals right so Catalina bought me this beautiful journal and it's my haiku journal I use it for poetry and I um, I use it for my haiku series but when she gave it to me um, she wrote on the first page um, rain it's an acronym for recognize allow investigate, nurture. Then she wrote a little, she wrote a personal note, which is beautiful. May there always be an opportunity to play freely and sense life fully happening around and within us. And uh, I love that. But so rain has a significance in the meditation world. Um, but also just from a visual metaphorical standpoint, um, think about when you, and you can use this in regards to how we're talking about sharing and planting seeds. And um, so sometimes, very often, people feel like it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to do the sharing. And it's important to understand that the sharing is, is it's not about us. It's about taking our perspective and putting it into the world for the benefit of someone else to expand their view of the world. And so from that regard, if that's my purpose, that makes it a little less painful for me to share my story. And the very first few times that you share your, your vulnerable story, that can be very challenging because 
it's so close to us and we feel you know like that's our little seed of whatever it's our whether it be a seed of secret a seed of shame a seed of of something inside of us that in, that sparks fear or sparks something that makes us feel deeply in our body uncomfortable but just in the process of releasing it whether it's into a journal or then eventually um, out loud um, that allows us to release that feeling from the body and put it somewhere else put it on a page or share it with someone in a way that they may get some benefit from it but it's important for us to be centered in ourselves before we do the verbal sharing and to feel like in a safe space and this is what the garden's about but think about it in terms of if i get to that headspace where i say ah i get it i get that i'm sharing this for the benefit of others not 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 just for cathartic purposes for myself <clears throat> If I'm planting a seed, like when I start my gardens and I start indoors in the spring because, you know, it's very cold outside and it's too, it's too cold for the little seeds. So they need a lot of little, a lot of extra nurturing. So I plant all my vegetable garden seeds indoors in little special cups with fortified soil, organic soil, and I water them daily. You know, I make conditions right for them to grow. And if I just put those seeds outside and planted them and left them at the mercy of Mother Nature, Mother Nature doesn't necessarily care about my garden vegetable seeds. Mother Nature cares about what Mother Nature cares about. It just does what it does. She does what she does. So she's looking for, you know, the strongest seeds to survive. I mean, this is this is at a very fundamental level how the planet works, you know, the survival of the fittest, so so to speak. Mm -hmm. It rains when it rains, the strongest seeds that can survive from one rainfall to another will survive and the ones that don't survive don't survive. And we don't weep about the little seeds that don't survive. They're just little seeds, right? That's, that's the way, really. Now, I'm mean, not going to stop planting seeds. But think about it in terms of rain. And think of our story that we share as rain. Right? I'm raining little nuggets of Jupiter. I'm raining little bits of, of sharing, wisdom, knowledge, whatever it is that I'm raining out. If I plant a seed, if I plant a whole lot of seeds in a garden outside, and then a gentle rain comes, the seeds love that and they start to grow. But if a giant thunderstorm of rain comes and the sky opens up and there's buckets of rain that fall down on those little seedlings, those seedlings, if they don't have strong roots yet, they're going to like, they're going to jump up out of the ground. They're going to move. They're not going to be in their straight rows that I put them in because the rain has this power 
of moving the soil, moving the earth, moving the seeds literally out of their comfortable little rows. And then if they're not well rooted, the next day comes as bright sun comes out and starts shining on those seeds. And what happens? The ones that had little roots, but they got flipped upside down and the roots are exposed, the sun can shrivel up that root and now that seed is out. That seed is gone. That seed's gone. So from the standpoint of how we share story with people, we often get very excited about, oh, I've got this new aha moment. I've got this new wisdom. I've got this newfound, oh, I want to share that with everybody. I want to, I want everybody to have that moment of epiphany and the wisdom and the knowledge that I got and they should have it and they should have it today. Literally when we do that, it's like opening up a thunderstorm on them. And so we get, we get these, uh, we get glimpses of that. Like if you get somebody who's like an evangelistic something, like they're, they're, a, they're a brand new reformed alcoholic, or they're a brand new born again Christian, or they're a brand new something, and they've had this epiphany in their life that changed their life, literally changed their life for the better. And now they want everybody to join them and they want to share that with everybody, we have to be careful that we don't undercloud them, <laughs> right? Because you know what that feels like to be thunderclouded. The sky opens up, somebody has that new found whatever, and they, and I think that it was in my fear of telling my cancer story. I was, you know, very fearful of thunderclouding people. And so, you know, I just wanted to drop gentle, raindrops on people with the ideas that came out of my story but i didn't really know back in those days you know that was 20 years ago i really didn't yet know how to craft the story in a way that i could plant the seed gently water it and walk away without you know bringing out the thunder and lightning <laughs> Oh, that is such a, that good, such a good way of putting it all, you know, how important it is we, that we do share, but we have to be gentle in how we're sharing. You know, I had this conversation, you know, I'm in the midst of a long journey of ancestry project. And uh, this one cousin that's down the line, who's in his 80s, he uh, was actually a priest at one time in his life. So he had taken confession. And he told me to be gentle with people because people can be brittle from their experiences. And it made me realize, you know, in, you know, I'm seeking all these answers to some pretty hard questions that if I, do I want to open that wound for someone else? Mm. You know, I need to be gentle. And I can place my, you know, I can place my little seeds of thoughts along the way to let them know what I'm seeking but it's up to them whether or not they decide to share that part of their story. And maybe they feel like that too. Maybe they don't want to rain buckets down on me because they don't know how much I know or don't know. That's, that's an interesting thought to think, you know. So yeah, I've had that thought of the buckets, buckets versus, rain, versus a sprinkle. Yeah, 
And, you know, we, we often, we get so excited that we want to just dump buckets over people's heads. I mean, it makes me think of that bucket, ice bucket challenge. <laughs> Not just that, you know, I think of like, uh, how I have a tendency to just, you know, if someone wants something cleared out, I go and clear it out. There's no question. You said you want all the stuff gone. You know, you know, you made a decision and now I'm going to make you stick to it without giving a thought to, you know, well, maybe she might want to keep that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's so, yeah, there's so many ways to, um, be a so bucket instead of a, a sprinkler. Yeah. Yeah. A bucket. So there was a good podcast that uh, Tammy Simon did over at Sounds True where she was interviewing somebody and they had an exercise where um, you took, you took, you basically took a raw egg. So you see on this screen back here, I have, fe these are feathers that have found me in my walk. So there's like quail feathers and blue jay feathers and goldfinch feathers here. It's a bunch of feathers. And it reminds me of this, these feathers remind me of this story that, that Tammy had in this the podcast. Um, so the exercise was you take a raw egg, you take a raw egg and you know, you can't like, if you drop a raw egg, that's a big mess. <laughs> so the exercise is you take a raw egg and you, you draw a face on it, draw eyes and you draw like whatever goofy face you want on it. And then you make a little nest for it. So that's why I have these feathers make a little nest for it, you can put it on your desk, but the, the task is to carry that egg around with you everywhere you go all day. And, and you can't, you're not, you're not allowed to drop it because it's, you know, it's a real thing and it's a representation of other humans, that other humans are like that raw egg and that, you know, we have to be a little gentle with them because, you know, when we are in conversation with them, we're, we're literally holding them in our hands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what happens if you drop the egg. And so, you know, you can do it for a full day, you can do it for a week, you know, you can just carry your egg around and have that egg be a reminder. Uh, and so these feathers are the reminder of the egg story. Just having a comfortable nest for the for the birds in the garden. <laughs> That's what it's about. So I want to I want to make a, a conversational change. I want to talk about uh, flying lead change. Oh my goodness! Are you so? I am only past the introduction. I'm reading. Yes. You know, I read about a chapter a night, and I just started it. Oh, you're reading fast. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I, I try to read a chapter a night. That's the last thing I do. You know, I reading before I go to bed. And so, um, wow, what a yeah. journey that woman has had to be able to go to all these different countries and experience those things as a child yeah. and bring those things into her adult life. But talk about serendipity and drops of Jupiter and, <laughs> oh my God. And, and truly, you know, my own journey involves um, loss and, you know, the discovery of what happens after that loss. So reading her introduction of her miscarriage and how that, you know, that loss led to such gain. It's such, oh my God, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's an and, amazing book. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so thrilled. I am. I'm, I, I, I feel like 
this book found us and I feel like I feel and Lisa's feeling that too the serendipity that's going to happen uh, in this in this group in this garden is going to be uh, remarkable and and for the for participants who get fully engaged with what's happening here um, that that will happen I have no doubt of it so the sharing has been transformative having so many different perspectives of sharing in the garden and then you get to pick what you want to watch and i mean it's just been amazing how much i i'm enjoying the engagement completely maybe a little too much my watch says i, <laughs> I don't i don't think i don't think it's too much i don't think you can have too I, much engagement. i cut down my other stuff to do this and which is yeah. good right I'm, I'm spending time doing something more productive yeah which is how we're supposed to spend our time yeah. Well, I don't know about the productive thing. That sounds to me like that comes out of industrialization bias, but okay. <laughs> well, even productive for me would be to go and spend my 15 minutes of meditation or to spend the hour that I do, you know, exercising or outside. That to me is more productive than sitting and staring at my phone. If you describe productive, if you describe productive as um, focused on and attentive to your self-care uh, routines, your self-care rituals, and um, you know, building the foundation of your own self-care and self-respect, then I will concede that productive is an okay word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's what I get into is language, and we already had the the mental mental health. You know, let's not call things crazy. Um, and, you know, now pro productive, you know, how do you define productive when you're talking about something different from that industrialized word? And uh, I was just having this conversation with a group yesterday about our language, the words we use, the words we don't use, the things we do and don't talk about because they're too uncomfortable or we've been taught that's taboo, we don't go there. Or, you know, in my world, you're taught to use words at the dinner table that you don't dare go outside and say, you know, what is our language? So in the garden we have, when you build out your profile, there's a place, you've seen it, there's a place where you can add your profession. Profession, it's just what the network calls, what, what we occupy our, you know, what we primarily identify with in terms of how we occupy our day. And so there are ones like I wear many hats, I wear all the hats that, you know, and you can bounce back and forth of whatever that profession is, you know, you can change that anytime you like, you know, one day you might feel like you, you're an engineer, another day you might say I'm a mother, but you can change that as often as you like, it's not fixed because, uh, but I have a series of them there and I've said to people, if there's a term that you would like to see in terms of profession, like Cosmos language crafter, uh, and you come up with the language for what that occupation is that you'd like to show as being under your name in your profile, just let me know, just send me a little message, and then I will happily add that so that you can have that as your, um, as your I like it. I like it. And that's my conversation with Susan Burley.
founder of the Garden of Nero. We've had many conversations, so if you'd like to hear more, you're welcome to search the podcast, or I've left links in the show notes to the Garden of Nero where you can find all of our conversations listed. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. I'm Nancy Arvizu, and this has been another episode of Write, Speak, Play.